Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 84 of the Courtside Indiana podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always each week with Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week, man? Uh, hot week up here. Made it through soccer practice and everything, but we're ready to cool down here, it looks like, this week. Is it going to get colder, or a little cooler at least? Yes. I mean, it can't be in the 90s the whole time, right? I wouldn't think so. Nice. Well, we are uh, we are squarely in a, a weird period where there's, there's not much going on. Um, but we, I think we've got a good topic to discuss, and we'll, we'll get to that after we get updated on recruiting. Yeah, so uh, kind of busy this week, uh, taking some guys off lists and putting some guys on and stuff like that. But uh, here we go. Cabin Bontrager from Fort Wayne Leo got a Charleston offer. That's Division Two. Uh, Xavier Booker, 2023 from Indy Cathedral, a San Diego State offer. Richard Brooks finally gets on the board. Who's one of my guys from up here from Mishawaka, Marion. He got a trying offer. Uh, AJ Dantzler is a 2023 from Southport, a Kent State offer. Raiden Faust from Northeastern got an Earlham offer. That's right down the road from where he is. Uh, Kaleo Kakalia was busy this weekend as well. He pulled in two D3 offers. He's a 2022 from Mishawaka, Marion, another one of my guys. He got trying and Adrian. Uh, we talked about Kamari lands a couple podcasts. Now, uh, he got a Kansas offer. Um, let's see. And he also got, did he get one more offer this week or no? Didn't see it. No. And skip the decommit. That's just me. Yep. Yep. Playing with the database. We talked about that obviously last week. So, right. Right. Uh, Beck Williams also up here around closer to me, Bethany Christian. He got a Manchester offer. And then he actually committed to – or no, I'm sorry. He did not commit to Manchester. That's my fault. I accidentally put that in the system on accident. Oh, you did say that. Yeah. Yep. I haven't yep. deleted – you can tell I've not been home all week. It's <laughs> part of the whole elite camp discussion we're going to have. Um, but, yeah, I've not been home all weekend. So, all of our yeah. little – all the little chinks in our armor are still, still in there. Yeah. And then one more offer that just came in this evening, actually, right before we started talking uh, – J.Q. Roberts from Bloomington North got a Bradley offer. He's a 2023 kid. Finally, we get one before we record as opposed to right after we record. Yes. It either happens right after we hit, we quit recording or it happens after I publish it. And it just, it just makes us look bad. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast for podcasting. It's, I mean, we talk in real time, but we don't, it's not published in real time. So uh, JQ Roberts, I, I mean, ultimately, I think he ends up getting high major offers. I mean, this kid's got an unbelievable motor. And I, I think the only thing standing in his way, that eh, may not be entirely true. I, I think 
I think the, the adjustment to him defensively is is more little nuanced things from being being a post player as a young kid just because he was so much bigger than a lot of kids um, and, and having the guard movement um, as hard as he works I just don't see any of those issues I don't see any off ball movement on offense being an issue for him as much as he as, as hard as he plays and, and I'm sure as much time as he puts into his game, uh, at least on individually. I, I don't really see the, the responsibility of perimeter movement, the responsibility of perimeter rotations uh, really impacting him as he just continues to get more experience. And it's not like Bloomington North isn't going to use him as a primary rim protector isn't going to use him to guard the a lot of teams, other big guys. They do have a little bit of other size with him so they can be flexible with him, but you, you've not really seen him play much. Have you? No, I haven't. Unfortunately, he's fun to watch. He play as hard as he plays. Um, he's not going to be, he sort of moves like Jared Jeffries did at that age, but he's not going to be as big as what Jared ended up being. But Jared was one of those kids. You could just kind of see it even at a young age when he looked kind of like Bambi on roller skates is the, the analogy, the metaphor I like to throw out there. JQ has a little bit of that going with him too. He's not always as fluid as he, as what other guys are, but that's what makes his game all the more enticing His jump shots improved each, each time out each, like each, each gap I'm away from watching him play his jump shot gets smoother. So I, I think he's going to progress nicely, and I think ultimately he's going to turn some heads because athletically and physically he's got a high major body. body he's got a high major motor. Um, but, you know, look, if you end up in the Missouri Valley League you're, Conference, you're still really good. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where his offers are trending as far as uh, right now. And I think a successful junior year and just the progress that he'll probably be able to display during his junior season will eventually lead to high majors really starting to get a little bit more involved. So that that's just my thought on him. I don't know. Um, I, I just think he puts in too much work to let some of those little nuanced issues just become a problem. Um, I mean, he plays – there really is nobody in this class that plays harder than he does. So not that there aren't guys that don't play hard and don't play to their maximum ability, but he is he is definitely at the top of that list. So – uh, he may be tied with many, but he's there. So, um, anything anything stand out to you on these? I mean, I know Brooks got his first set of his first offer. Uh, Kakalia is kind of bringing in those types of offers. What what keeps to me? Brooks is a D two guy. I don't I don't get I don't I don't get what's going on there. He, he, there's a kid whose offense has improved each time out as well. Right. Right. And, and to me, I, I mean, and I don't want to stick him in the NAI league for sure. Cause I, I think that's where he belongs personally. I could see yeah. him just dominating the crossroads league, maybe not dominating, but, but being a really good player in the crossroads league for four years or three years, however long it takes him to get involved. Uh, but I'm not really sure what's going on either there because I've talked to some coaches about him and they're interested and, I know he's taken a couple visits and he's got a couple coming up. So, I mean, things could change in that area for him as well. Um, I'm not sure if he's talked to any D2s. 
I know he's talked to some D3s and a couple NAIAs. Obviously, the D3 here coming with, with Trine, but I know he's had a little contact with Wabash and uh, Huntington as well. Uh, not sure on the D2 front. But, yeah, I mean, any questions I get are why is this – why is this guy not getting recruited? Why is he not getting any offers? Like what's holding him back? And, and I don't know that answer. I mean, he goes to Mishawaka Marion. He's a really good kid. What are you going to say? No, no, keep going. You're good. And, and, and I just, I was glad to see this try and offer. I mean, he's, he's earned it. He's earned higher, higher league offers as well. So hopefully those will come. He, he reminds me a lot of, Jordash Mavunga. Jordash is the, the younger brother of Julian Mavunga that played on Brownsburg's state championship team. You know, Julian went to Miami of Ohio, um, had a sniff at NBA preseason, had a couple of NBA preseason opportunities, but has otherwise had a very, very good career in Japan. And Jordash uh, probably didn't take the games as seriously as what Julian did uh, coming up. He um, he wasn't as big. Julian's six eight. Jordash is six four. They're completely different. They were different players from the beginning, even though they had similar skill sets. Jordash wasn't going to be able to survive at the Division one level uh, the, the way his brother did. So what ends up happening is Jordash ends up at Parkland College for two years. Really develops his you know continues to develop his game for two additional years after taking a year off. And then he ended up going and having two very good seasons at University of Indianapolis, basically his senior year, becoming a full-time starter um, and putting up good numbers for basically what it was at that level, a combo forward. I see Brooks uh, very similar in terms of his size, very very similar in terms of his body. Like, I don't mean just like height, but also as well as his strength, his length. I think he's way more skilled than Jordash was at that age, at a comparable age. But again, Jordash, you know, Jordash just, I think Jordash just played because his brother was really good. His sister was a, I mean, it was a, uh, you know, Indiana all-star and, and, and played at, you know, Ohio state and played, I'm going to forget now where, where Stephanie transferred. Um, but Stephanie had a very good career and she was drafted into the WNBA. I mean, Jordash is sort of the, the, you know, the, you know, at that age, kind of the forgotten talent. But when he was locked in, he was very good. He, he had a, he was a good athlete. He played in our program. He played for, I mean, Mike Marshall coached him. Uh, Mike Marshall of Butler fame coached him in our program for, for three summers. And, and, you know, he always rose the occasion. He always played big in big moments. And I, I look at Brooks and see how he plays in big moments. He's got, he's got a lot of that in him. He's just, he's far more consistent at that age. And again, this is, look, we're judging kids that are 15, 16, 17 years old when I say comparable. Uh, Jordash had a lot of growing up that he did and is now he is now going to get a chance to play overseas. In fact, he's got a Euro basketball. Um, he's got a Euro basketball um, profile up, and I'm not sure where he's signed yet. He may be headed to Japan with his brother uh, with, a, with a separate opportunity there. So Brooks just reminds me of that same matchup problem that, that Jordash was at, in the, the GLVC, which was just this combo forward who was really strong for threes and really quick for fours. 
And, you know, maybe there's a fine line between being a combo and a tweener at any level. And maybe that's where Brooks finds himself uh, to, at this stage of his recruiting. But, man, I, I, I mean, I, I know you're the, the captain of his fan club uh, as far as um, the media, you know, as far as the media that covers this stuff. But I, I, you know, I'm not too far behind. I really like his game and how it's developed. And I, yeah. I really like his, how his shot has developed too recently. Yeah, definitely. The shot has gotten a lot better. It spins so nice on it. Every time he shoots it, you feel like it's going to go in. Yeah. And, and he's not afraid of the moment. I mean, he hit a huge shot against Lawrence Central, basically to beat them uh, during the regular season last year. And he's, I don't know, he's got a dog. I mean, he's got a little bit of a dog in him, too. I mean, he definitely he is definitely not a timid player. And uh, I don't I don't know where I've where I see him athletically. I don't know enough about that part yet. Um, the games I've seen, he does play below the rim. Uh, and Jordan Ash did too, for that matter. At, at, even though I think he's developed, continued to develop his athleticism as well. So um, I don't know, just physics. It's funny because Jordan Ash, he just took off to Japan here recently. And it, it's funny because as we're thinking about Brooks, it's, that was the first comparison that came to my mind. And, I don't know that anybody that's seen both players play would would agree or disagree, but um, um, and heck, they're far enough apart that you know people <laughs> may not even may not right. even know what Jordash did at Brownsburg. Um, he had some big shoes to fill, and um, he eventually got to a place where he was very productive in college at, at a very product at a very competitive level. So, I, and I just see Brooks sort of in the same way. So, um. Kikalia, that's your guy too. Yeah. Yeah. I know he had a pretty good summer, uh, getting, getting known for his motor quite a bit. Now I feel like, uh, the more college coaches get to see him. Uh, he's got a dog in him too. Uh, really good shot blocker, a little more athletic than some people think I feel like. And, uh, his shots kind of coming around a little bit as well. Uh, maybe not so far or not, not all the way outside, but 15 foot, he can be dangerous. He, he will knock down a couple threes, uh, but he's still working on that. Um, and, and I think his defense is coming along as well. So he, he's getting some attention now as well. And Faust for Northeastern with the early offer is almost completely opposite at six, eight. He's, he's got a very nice shot, very nice touch. They can run a lot, a little bit of offense through him at Northeastern. I think that's going to be something he can he can play through and pass out of it, and it'll be um, again. I would look if I was an NAI school again. I I would really look in his direction. I don't know. He's got that um, IU, IU East offer. He too. does have the that was last week too, wasn't yep, it? Yeah. Yep. So he's starting to have some things click too, and that's good. I he can't be your he can't be your enforcer. He's not going to be a rim protector in college. Uh, he is, but he's going to be a guy that if you can play him, if you can play him along some, some length and somebody who can also guard bigs. I, I think he, he would be a valuable piece, uh, somebody who could stretch the floor offensively as well. So at, at six, eight, so anything else about this list? Um, Catch I your eye. So. AJ Dantzler, no? another, another D one offer for him. He's starting to pick yep. it up a little bit for Southport. Uh, Xavier Brooks continues to get offers from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Booker. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Dantzler is, um, 
I mean, he's look, he's he's a point guard with size who can shoot it, you know, and and good athlete. Still not, he's not going to be a guy that you know is dunking on people in traffic or anything like that. He's not, but he definitely is a guy that he's got some he's got some shake to his game. So he gets in the paint. He's got various different ways he can finish, and he's he's pretty good for a high school kid at, at a lot of them. He's got a lot of bags, sure. got a lot of. Uh, Got a lot of uh, clubs in his bag, basically, and he's uh, he uses them quite well. and And I, I like that the ball doesn't stick with him, so that's that's a big deal for me. And it's I, I know it's a big deal for colleges as well, so, um, unless you've got somebody who's just super super quick. But and then Cayman Bontrager obviously staying in that that D two level there, where he keeps getting those offers. Yep. Well, and you know, again, he'll. Do we know much about his eligibility yet at Leo? Uh, I haven't heard an update on that yet. I know Wait. all schools have signed off. They were waiting on IHSA last time I I talked to them. Uh, well, they'll be fine then. Very rarely do they do they waiver that much, but it usually doesn't take that much. Doesn't take very long either. So, anyway, well, let's let's change our format a little bit. Let's let's talk about box out sports, and then we'll move on to our topic for the day. Yeah, Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And for those of you that haven't heard that before, uh, you can use that with any sport at your school so you can get together with your other other uh, varsity coaches, uh, pitch in, and you can all all use Box Out Sports together. It works for volleyball, football, baseball, any of them. So we didn't really have a great topic this week, but but one of the things I did this weekend was basically attend two elite camps with kids that I coach and, and got a chance to see other kids from Indiana as well. And then last week we were at an elite camp at UND. So we've had three, three camps that I've been to, UND, uh, Miami of Ohio yesterday, which was Saturday, and then Eastern Illinois on Sunday, IPFW or PFW, Purdue Fort Wayne had a had a camp on today as well on Sunday, and then I think Indiana Wesleyan had a camp as well over the weekend, and I may be missing one of the Crossroads League teams may have also had a camp this weekend. Um, I can't. I know Bethel remember. had one recently too, and St. Francis they, maybe has one coming up, or they already did too. Yeah, Bethel's was last week. Okay, because it was in conflict with UND, and um, there were a couple of kids that did the Bethel one because they had already signed up for it and didn't want to back out. Which, considering one of the angles I'm going to touch on, or that I find important, is the networking aspect of it. That's probably a good right. idea to not back out of something. So, unless it's health related, but what? But what I want to focus on this one is how these camps are formatted, how they're run, how they're executed. And it had three, the three camps that I've been to were very different in how they were, how they were functioned. And I think very different in what their intentions were from the, from the coaching staffs. And I'm some, a couple of these, I'm sort of, I'm not guessing it's more of a hypothesis. So it's a little bit of an educated guess versus just a flat out, shot in the dark but then i'm also curious about what you would view what you'd like to see at, a, at, a, at an elite camp um 
or if you've had any experience in talking with some of your, you know, some of your coaching friends and, and other stuff that maybe you've seen the last few years, but, but th- three very different styles. One, U of Indy, a lot of competitive stuff, a lot of competitive stuff, one-on-one, three-on-three, a, a lot of it. And it was, it was basically the second half of their sessions. They had four sessions. Each, I want to say, were four hours. And they were a lot of, comp- a lot of competition in each of the, or at least the, the two sessions that I saw. Uh, the one I went to yesterday, Miami of Ohio, this one I'm kind of guessing on a little bit, but it's, it's, I know what they do. <laughs> so some of it's not too far off. It looked more like game prep for them. Now they did have some, um, they did have some combine elements to it. Like they did measurements. They, they did their, their vertical. They did some shuttle drill stuff. They did some of the, the stuff you see at the NBA combine. If you happen to watch any of that stuff, um, but then a lot of their drill work that they broke down into was stuff that you would see a team do before a game, like on court work before a game. And I'm not talking about time on the clock, fans in the seats, pregame warm up, the 20 minute deal or the 30 minute deal. I'm talking about the hour and a half before the game, before people allowed to come in, where all the assistants are on the floor, everybody's wearing sweats. Nobody looks like they're getting ready to coach a game. It looks more like a practice. And it looks like they, they broke down their camp. And here are the things that we value each game. This is how we, what we want to prepare for for each game. And that, in their case, also included film work. So they had a film session where they broke down video. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure what they broke down. I didn't ask. I mean, I know it was game, I know it was game footage, but I don't know what what the format there was. Um, but, you know, definitely very much a pregame feel like a pregame prep feel to what their camp was. And then, and then East Illinois camp today basically was a practice. This is what it looks like. This is what our practices look like, especially early season practices, ton of skill work, 12, each kids went through 12 stations, um, and then they spent the last 90 minutes going five on five. So at that point, it sort of devolved because I know Marty, Coach Simmons, likes to break things down a little bit, uh, a little bit more. But they were going through two, three ball shooting drills. They were going through screening drills. They were going through ball handling drills. They were going through defensive slide adjustment drills. I mean, it looked like a practice. And so for me, three very different approaches from three camps. and. And I thought I found value in each of it. I know some of the kids felt differently about each camp. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even a consensus as to what they like better, what, you know, but, but it was definitely different perspectives and different approaches. And when you, what are your thoughts? If you go to an elite camp, if you're a coach, or let's say you're taking a kid there, what are you looking for when you go to a camp like that? Um, I mean, it sounds like a good combination of a lot of things you were talking about. Uh, the skill work stuff, obviously, you want to see how hard a kid's going to go and practice and everything. I know it's not necessarily a good indication just because chances are if you're in an elite camp, you're going, to, you're going to go hard the whole time, or hopefully you are, just because you know you're there to impress people as well. Right. Uh, 
but yeah, skill work, live play, obviously shot making is going to be a huge one. That's where everybody's going to see you hitting shots. So you want to be able to do that. Um, I mean, I, like you're saying too, a lot of them are running a lot of different ways. I was looking at the St. Francis elite camp that's coming up actually September 12th. We were, I was trying to find out when that one was theirs looks pretty, pretty short. It's uh, let's see three hours long. They have the stations and skill work and then they, they're doing some games. So, I mean, they're there to, to, to see the couple things I just mentioned, the skill work and then live play. I mean, then you were also talking about, how the U Indy goes through almost like a pregame practice kind of thing. So, I mean, that was, that was Miami. Oh, Miami. Ohio. The, the, yeah. The U Indy one was straight competition. It was, okay. I mean, they, they, they did some, don't get me wrong. They did some skill work too. I mean, all these guys want to see sure. kids go through. And right. I, I think sometimes I think it's not really, they just want to watch them go through skill work. They want to see what you said. They want to see who's really working hard. Who's taking it seriously. Who's going through the motions. Um, you know, I know Mark coach Simmons's days back in the, his Evansville days, he would do stuff like that to kind of wean people out. You know, like this is what it's like to come play for me. Right. You know, and, and, you know, you've got to figure out if, a, if an elite camp, I mean, look, the kids are there for one reason, one reason only they are there to get exposure. They, they like for camps to be fun, but they also have to understand too, that these college coaches have to get out of it, what they want to. And the, right. each of these staffs are going to have different views on what that is. Um, you know, and, and I was really impressed with the ball movement and a lot of the player movement at the Miami camp. Um, I thought, I, I did see some trans, I did see some carryover today in, in the Eastern Illinois camp from what they did in their drill work to what they did in um, what they did in, in their games. Obviously not a lot of sustained possessions in any of this stuff, but it's still impressive to see any type of ball movement, any type of, any, any type of player movement when you, when you break down and do the five on five stuff. So, right. Right. Um, so, so yeah, what you were saying then about the, I like the, how the Miami, the Miami, one was yeah i mean you're getting you're getting a good experience you're getting a good feel for what that level of competition is going to be like too i mean and what that level of work's going to be if you were to commit to that kind of school you know what i mean like you get to see what d1 uh, d1 level is going to be like if you get to that point i mean the yeah. tempo and the tempo and the pace is always nice too and so i mean those are all good things for sure and i would say too to any of the families that listen to this podcast the, the one side benefit to it, to any of these camps is the networking angle of it. It's not just exposure to the coaches at that school, but it's exposure to the coaches individually that may end up being at a different school, you know, in a year or two. Yeah. You know, Jack Owens at, at Miami is the perfect example of that, where he was at Purdue for a number of years with Painter. And we would take five or six, sometimes seven guys up to Purdue for camp. And they would be gracious enough to, I mean, all right, look, you want one to be judicious. We wanted to, we were taking guys that were getting recruited at the mid-major level or higher. And so it wasn't like we were just taking anybody up there. And, you know, part of my job in that as the coaching side of this is I have to be close. I don't have to always be right or, or, or people don't always have to agree, but I can't have someone walking out of a situation and going, Hey man, that's 
crazy he's not even close to being here. You know, so I've got to play that game a little bit. But so what we would do was, and the, the player in question had a teammate that was definitely being recruited at the high major level, had a high school teammate that was being recruited at the high major level. And, and his, his idea was, why am I going to Purdue? They're not recruiting me. And my comment to him was, was simple. You don't know where Jack Owens is going to be in two years. You don't know where Greg Gary is going to be in two years. You don't know where Brandon Brantley is going to be in two years. And you don't know, look, all three of those guys liked him. They, and not that Painter didn't like, like the kid, but all three of them liked him. They just didn't necessarily think it was, you know, going to be a good fit at Purdue for, you know, whatever number of reasons or, you know, whatever reason. And the first thing Jack did, of course, Greg Gary's the head coach at Mercer now. And the first thing Jack did when he took the Miami of Ohio job, maybe not the first thing, but it was the first day. It was 40 minutes after his press conference was call me and tell me we are going to offer Miami was going to offer an extended offer to your, to your point guard. And that was a direct result of this kid going to Purdue camp for two years or really longer for four summers without really a whole lot of movement in their direction. I mean, they liked him when he was younger and we're going to keep an eye on him. It just, you know, Hey, but the networking aspect of it was such a big deal for me. And that's the thing that I try to get across to all the kids and parents that, you know, take advantage of any opportunity you get, whether you think it's legitimate or viable or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, and I had a kid today. Um, he went to the Purdue Fort Wayne camp over Eastern Illinois because Purdue Fort Wayne specifically invited him. Right. You know, in the Miami camp yesterday, it was just the kids that they asked for me to share information with. Now that's unofficial off the record stuff, <laughs> you know, um, you know, but they, and they, they follow the rules. It's, it's open to everybody. The stuff is, is online and, you know, and then when they get to their limit, they, you know, they, they shut it down. Um, but, you know, you're looking at situations where, um, and I thought today the Eastern camp was, I thought the two D one camps I w went to this, this weekend were both had a lot of talent there, a lot of talent. And there's probably a handful of guys that had no business being there in either one, but the rest of it was, was either close or you're, you're going to see a situation where one of those assistants is going to be at a different school and then be able to take, be able to take a more serious look at somebody they, they liked at camp. So Right. And, and to add to your point, I mean, coaches are friends with coaches. So mm -hmm. if, if you go to an NAIA elite camp, they may be talking to a D3 coach that's really going to want you, or they may be talking to a D2 coach that really, that they think this kid's really out of their league. You should jump on him. I mean, it, it works all kinds of different ways, not, not just D1 to D1 or NAI to NAI. I mean, Coaches have networks too that they can use and get you recruited by other coaches and other divisions. Well, and in U Indy's case, they had coaches from other programs there. Yeah. Now I didn't see any of that this weekend. I in the past I thought I had, and I don't know if there's a Division One rule or or what. Um, I know it used to be that way. We'd go to 
when Butler would have it, there would be coaches from other programs there. And I think that, um, I don't know. I, I think I'd seen it before. I know when, when Marty was down at Evansville, he would, he would have coaches from other programs there too. So I don't know if there's a rule against it or if they just decided in both cases not to do it that way. Um, I mean, I'm not judging. It's just an observation, but right. to, your, to your point in you, Indy's case, their buddies were there. Yeah. You know, presumably. Sure. At least some of them. So I don't know. I thought all three camps were good experiences for, for, for me from the standpoint of seeing the kids compete. I thought it was good from the standpoint of, of also the networking side of it, try to encourage the kids that I'm, they're with, I guess, so to speak, to embrace that side of it. Uh, you know, talk to the other coaches, introduce yourself. <laughs> Results varied in that, I think, <laughs> depending on how personable the kid is right. uh, or how comfortable the kid is in, in that type of setting. Um, but I think also going forward, that should be something that parents should keep in mind too, is, is this is, this is part of the job interview process and it's, you know, and even if even if a kid was dissatisfied or something with with like there were a couple of guys I heard walking out saying, you know, wow, this was a hard camp. It wasn't fun. You know, well, it, you know, it, it's but Coach Simmons needed to get out of it what he needed to get out of it, too. This camp isn't just for him or isn't just for the kid. It's for him, too. It's for his right. staff to see who's really serious. And look, these camps are the D one camps for 40 bucks. So basically these guys got four or five hours of workout for 40 bucks, you know? And I, to me, that was worth it. I don't know. All in all, I thought it was a really good experience. And I really liked how each one varied in their approach. Um, do I have preferences? Yeah. I know if I ever run a camp, there'll definitely be some three on three stuff involved. Um, but that's, you know, the rest of it, I'd have to really break down and consider what I find important. So right. um, I kind of like the Miami version the best with maybe some three-on-three -three competition in there. Um, but I don't know how, how that changes the day and if they, if they think that makes the day too long for the kids. So, um, but no, it was, it was fun. So I would recommend, are you going to St. Francis's? Uh, probably not. It's on a Sunday. I'll have soccer on the Sunday, of course. So <laughs> maybe I'll get rained out. Yeah. Maybe soccer we'll doesn't get out. rained out. Does it? No. Thunder no. lightning. Uh, I mean, on, on there, the, I was just looking at theirs. Theirs has an optional, uh, campus tour also. Did any of yours have campus tours or like locker room tours or anything like that? Did you notice? No, I think the film stuff at Miami was in their locker room. So, okay and their, their player lounge. So I'm pretty sure, sure that was part of it. Yeah. I mean, any, anything like that campus tour is different than obviously all these guys have the same locker room these days. I mean, it's, it's modern warfare. The, 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 the newest one is always the best one at any level, really. Um, you know, give me a comfortable chair, give me a great internet connection and give me maybe, um, um, you know, some updated, ps4 ps5 games and, and i'm in you know i don't one doesn't look any differently than the other as far as i'm concerned um You're i thought illinois not an 18 year old that's true but i sometimes act like an 18 year old <laughs> so um 
but I will say that, you know, Illinois started a lot of that stuff with their separate practice facility. And uh, it took a few years for everybody to get caught up, but uh, they have. And I think a lot of these schools, it's just basically their variation of it and, and not much else. So, Courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. If you uh, haven't done so already, please give us a sub- please subscribe and, and follow us on either one of those apps and give us a rating and review. And as always, we welcome any content ideas or questions you have uh, directed to us at Twitter at uh, Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND. Courtside for Courtside Indiana. And we definitely would welcome any any requests. So Zach, what do you got coming up this week? Uh the usual. We got some soccer practices going on and uh back back in the swing of things at school. I think we can pre we just need to pre-record this part and just yeah. like throw it out there. Yep. That's why we changed our read. Are we reading now at the end of the recruiting thing so people can't just turn it off and miss <laughs> our sponsor? Not that our sponsors complained or anything so anyway um well zach thanks as always appreciate your time that wraps it up for this episode for those that listen every week thanks and for those that are listening for the first time like we said hopefully you get a chance to subscribe and come back so until next week guys have a good week (laughs) 